your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like this episode and want to stay tuned for the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so is free and ensures you never miss another episode. On tonight's episode, we're going to recap a couple of different things that emerged out of last night's Edmonton versus Winnipeg game, as well as some interesting trends with the Jets that I do think suggest maybe Winnipeg is in a little bit more trouble than people realize. Obviously, a four-game losing streak, uh, spoiler alert, they lost last night, which you're probably not surprised by, but of course, this four-game losing streak is not the main concern, I think. I'd suggest that there are even more overarching problems, like some stuff that appears to be maybe going on between the coaching staff and the players, and maybe some dynamics that are just not quite functional. And we'll talk about what this may mean once we actually start approaching the postseason, which is frankly within just a couple of weeks. Before we tackle the unfolding mess that is the Winnipeg Jets, let's first start off with a little bit of an announcement about some really cool NFL draft coverage that our entire Locked On Podcast Network is going to have coming up in just a couple of days. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft starting April 29th and running through May 1st. Maybe I'll catch a few of you Ravens fans there, but if you're a Steelers fan, just don't tell me. Just tell me you're a Jets fan first, and we'll leave it at that. Speaking of Jets fans, let's uh, dive into Winnipeg versus Edmonton, which, um, yeah. So, Winnipeg kind of got smoked by the Oilers, and it was a weird game in which I think a lot of expected goals graphs might make the Jets look like they were really offensively dangerous. And in certain areas, that's kind of true. Um, But I think the biggest issue is that Winnipeg ended up finding itself on really dumb mistakes and and sinking its ship early on crappy turnovers, breakaways given away to, you know, guys like Connor McDavid, some really silly defensive reads that ended up costing the Jets. Just a lot of really brain-dead stuff. Uh, The first goal came from Alex Chason from like a 2-on-0 almost against Connor Hellebuck. And Chason ripped it home, and then like a minute and a half later, and this is right before the end of the first period, mind you, so obviously this has a bit of a psychological impact on the Jets. Connor McDavid then gets a second goal with less than a minute and a half remaining in the first period. And honestly, what was a really fun, entertaining first period that was definitely very chaotic and a bit disorganized ends up kind of giving the Jets an absolute fit. You know, Winnipeg wasn't very organized I felt like, offensively speaking, the systems that were in place weren't really systems so much as guys just sort of skating really fast and trying to create off the rush, which, you know, I guess it's more fun and a little bit more entertaining, especially in terms of offensive creation, but it also kind of exposes a lot of why the Jets coaching staff is really limited. Without Nikolai Ehlers, you could definitely tell that Winnipeg was trying to use other skaters to create off the rush, which is Winnipeg's principal offensive style. And sure, that does kind of work at times, but I think the biggest issue with this team is that once you're inside the offensive zone and you actually have to create some sort of cross-sea movement, really good uh, puck cycles and distribution, the Jets kind of fall apart. 
Winnipeg frequently defaults to a couple of really patterned uh, plays and, and sort of puck carrying areas and routes, which I think is one of the biggest issues with the team. If they kind of get stuck, they just sort of pass it back to the blue line and take a point shot for a deflection. Their other strategy is to have one of the defenders to drop below the faceoff circles and go behind the goal line. But the problem is, once you drop below that goal line and you're sitting behind the net, oftentimes the Jets defender is actually not very good at handling the situation. So they get pinched along the walls, they turn the puck over, and then suddenly there's like a three or, or a four-man rush back the other way. And in this case, Edmonton, if you know McDavid is on the ice, you know that Edmonton's very good at creating these opportunities, especially with, you know, really good supporting cast players like Yesapuya Yarvi, you know, Leon Dreisaitl. Anyone that you pair with McDavid, they're going to look really good. So this was, for me, a very frustrating first period because it felt like the Jets, I, I enjoyed it in a way that was kind of not really appreciating good hockey, but just enjoying a fun, frantic, chaotic period. But one that I would say left me with a lot of questions as to what exactly the Jets were hoping to accomplish with this period because it felt like the Jets kind of threw all of these line combos together, hoping that speed would sort of win out. And the Jets were laying body checks everywhere. I mean, this was like an intensely physical period, but I felt like the Jets were also chasing hits rather than looking for smart plays and reads to strip turnovers and force counters. Going for these hits also pulled Jets players out of position, which allowed, you know, Edmonton plenty of space to counter back up the ice, and it really wasn't hard for them to score. So I'm a little bit frustrated because I felt like the Jets, kind of like the game against the, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs a couple of nights ago, abandoned their game plan in favor of just being really physical and trying to outmuscle their opponents. The danger in doing this is that if you're not really able to dictate your will on the game, which is something that Winnipeg definitely found itself struggling with as the as the game wore on, then what you're going to find is you're going to pull yourself into really dangerous spots, you're going to leave Edmonton way too many countering routes, and you'll be fortunate if you only concede two goals. It was clear that the Jets' defense was not very sharp. Connor Hellebuck really couldn't do much on a lot of these opportunities. The Jets were basically hanging him out to dry. And I just didn't really get a great feel for this game. You know, it felt like all the chaos and stuff is always something that does not favor the Jets. If there's any sort of disorganized play or something where the Jets are kind of in like a race back and forth, end to end. Without guys like Nikolai Ehlers, Winnipeg is probably going to lose this battle. Even with Ehlers in tow, it would have been a bit of a struggle because McDavid and Dreisaitl and the rest of these guys, they're all just at a level above where the Jets can actually handle these skaters in one-on-one -on -one duels let alone encountering plays where they're actually using each other effectively, which is something that for some reason the Jets have, you know, occasionally still managed to struggle with. I, I wish that they had actually better utilized their teammates and stuff. Kind of like that really great first goal we saw the other night with Ehlers, Stastny, and Dubois all combining, but it just felt like the Jets instead, they sort of threw things out the wall, they hoped something would stick, and it just did not at all. That said, if you thought that this first period was bad for the Jets, you were in for an absolute howler of an evening because from here it just got really bad, the game completely unraveled, and Winnipeg kind of fell apart. Before we get to the bad stuff though, I wanted to tell you about something that's actually fantastic, and that's rockauto.com. Unlike watching the Winnipeg Jets getting smacked by the Edmonton Oilers, going to rockauto.com is never a waste of your time. Anyone who's ever had to order auto parts knows that buying new car parts is always a pain. Even if you know what you're looking for, you might not know the best deals around. That's why you can rest assured that you're in great hands when you shop at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their easy-to-use, intuitive website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle, as well as a price range filter you can set so you always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com's diverse catalog is sure to have what you need in stock. And best of all, you could save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick and mortar in-store pricing. So why shop anywhere else when rockauto.com has the best selection and pricing in the industry? 
When you place your order, be sure to write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced limited edition designs at fair price points. It's an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Ring sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. Ideal for engagements, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece, they're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight, and it's fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. We talked about it in the studio, and everyone had a different favorite, but we all just love the one by Aurora Lopez Mejia. It's amazing the way the word love is stamped into the gold. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this one out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10x10 only at BlueNile.com. Again, that's 10x10 at BlueNile.com. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are recapping um, a very fun game against the Edmonton Oilers, which if you want the Oilers perspective, be sure to check out Locked on Edmonton Oilers, also on the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm sure they were just as amazed as we were that Connor McDavid recorded a four-point night by the end of the whole affair. Um, Winnipeg's second period was, I don't even know how to describe it, something of a travesty, a disaster, it looked like the team kind of quit. I don't know if there are uh, quite amount of words that I could use to really describe this this um, particular period that would actually allow me to keep the clean rating for this podcast. So, wow. Um McDavid basically torched the Jets on pretty much every single mistake they made, and they were making a lot of mistakes. It felt like the Jets were extremely disorganized, and like the third goal towards the start of the period from Connor McDavid just seemed to suck the life out of the Jets. Yes, this was a bit of a a countering situation where McDavid shot from an angle that Connor Hellebuck realistically should have saved, but it's also not super shocking that McDavid is going to score anyways. He just seems to be in Winnipeg's head at both ends of the ice, and I feel like Winnipeg has basically kind of fallen apart every time it's faced the Oilers. You know, when I watch Borussia Dortmund, uh, the German football team that I follow, a lot of times people talk about them not really having a winner's mentality, you know, in comparison to a team like um, Bayern Munich, which always talks about having the Mia San Mia mentality. Such a nebulous concept, but I think in, in Winnipeg's case, there actually is a grain of truth here in talking about the mentality of the way that Winnipeg approaches playing Edmonton. When they face the Oilers, oftentimes, they're just scared of this team. They're so worried about making mistakes against Connor McDavid because he punishes them all the time, and I, I think that it often you know leads to Winnipeg leaving way too much space and giving too much respect to the Oilers. Those opening minutes of the first period when the you know Jets were essentially imposing their physical will on the Oilers, I felt like was a bit more of a statement, but not quite enough. What I want to see the Jets do is just dominate, dominate in possession, dominate in scoring chances, create havoc down low, get good cross-seam movement. I, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that the Jets could fundamentally do that they just haven't for some reason. And it's not like the Oilers are great defensively. In Mike Smith and net, he's not exactly the world's most stable goalie. That dude was practically swimming in his crease the entire night, and yet Winnipeg really couldn't solve him. The only goal the Jets recorded was Mark Shifley's power play goal, which at this point just didn't even matter. It was 5-1 Edmonton, and then like a minute later, Connor McDavid scores his hat-trick goal, and we all go home very sad. Winnipeg, I felt like in this game, I I just don't understand what exactly was going on. This was probably one of Winnipeg's most disorganized and at times almost idiotic performances I've ever seen. 
I feel like the Jets, everything that's wrong with their decision-making, their tactical arrangements, everything kind of was put on full display. And like, in some ways, I can't exactly blame the team. At a very base level of, I get it. Game planning around missing Nikolai Ehlers and Adam Lowry is not easy, but by the same token, what the Jets actually did instead was just kind of baffling. And it got to the point where guys were at the opposing blue line and just sort of lazily passing across and it immediately got picked off, countered, and turned into a goal. Connor Hellebuck was left in net for almost the entire game, which I'm going to talk about that in just a little bit because I think there's an, you know, a very interesting and, and very salient note about all of this that sort of underscores this particular game and this performance. But focusing on the remainder of the game in the third period, Winnipeg did try to create offense in the final minutes of this game. They definitely tested Mike Smith on some tough shots, but not enough to actually get to him. Overall, it was just a really humiliating performance, and I felt like the Jets kind of crapped the bed. This was a game in which they really needed to have a bounce-back performance and show that, in fact, Winnipeg could game-plan for Edmonton and beat them, just at a very fundamental level that they could beat the Oilers. For some reason, Edmonton has basically smoked the Jets this entire season. They've won 6 of 8, and it's not like some of these games in recent times have been close. Edmonton gets a lead and then just shuts the Jets out. That was more or less the case here, except Edmonton then added a, a Connor McDavid four-point game and basically schooled the Jets in just about every single capacity. I haven't really left games very angry often, but this is one of those games where I was genuinely kind of pissed about the performance. I felt like the Jets just sort of let everyone down and let themselves down. And it's not just on the players either. The, the coaching staff do bear a lot of responsibility in this. And yes, you know, having to assemble lines right before the, the day of is, is very difficult, but by the same token, man, what on earth is going on with this team? The past couple of weeks have been pretty bad for the Jets, and I feel like it's it's not getting any better. In fact, it's getting worse, and tomorrow they have to play Edmonton again. And most frighteningly, the, the Jets are going to be facing Edmonton in the postseason because the Jets are likely to finish in third place at this rate. You know, Edmonton, has, I believe, has overtaken them in the standings. And if the Jets are somehow still in second place, it's only by like a point, which they're likely to get leapfrogged tomorrow if they're not already. So, you know, the Jets, they're in a very precarious spot. They aren't going to miss the postseason, but at this rate, it's looking like a very short trip. They're going to be lucky to win one game against Edmonton at this rate because right now things are getting pretty grim. I think there are some larger storylines to start tracking because I think the Jets might be at a really critical stage of this team's management and ultimately its performance, and I'll talk about that in just a moment. But before I vent a little bit and talk about some of the uglier sides of things that have been going on with the Jets, I did want to tell you about a fabulous online betting service that'll help you relieve stress when you're watching the Jets. The world of online betting is a vast, very crazy, very scary place, and you need to know that there's a name that you can safely rely on and trust. That's why BetOnline.ag is your only choice. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. This week also has tons of sports action on the go, including the NFL Draft and the Kentucky Derby, starting the ever-crucial first leg of the Triple Crown. BetOnline is also your one-stop shop for all the latest news, odds, and info you need for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, and MMA. Before the next pitch, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and check out contest information. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get in on the action today, as all your favorite sports teams are prepping for their playoff runs. Go to BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON. Registering for an account is always free, and again, you can get that 50% welcome bonus when you use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are closing out tonight with some thoughts about the Jets and the, the direction they seem to be trending right now is, is not exactly positive. 
I know if you've uh, been paying attention to Winnipeg's recent losing streak, it's up to four games now, likely to be five games if they don't beat the Oilers tomorrow. And let's be real, unless something really miraculous changes, the Jets are probably losing. I know that the Oilers may not look like a juggernaut on paper, especially once you get past the McDavid line and the second line with RNH and uh, Leon Dreisaitl, but it's not really the talent so much as it is Winnipeg's approach to playing this team. Dave Tippett has Winnipeg figured out, the Oilers have been applying the same strategy and pressure, and when you have a guy like McDavid who is as good as he is and as lethal as he is on almost every single counter, you know, the Jets are in very serious trouble. And I think the trouble has been building over the past couple of weeks. It seems like the players are feeling it too. Everyone by now is aware that Mark Shifley got benched against the Toronto Maple Leafs a couple of nights ago when he had a very lazy 4v4 shift that ended up seeing you know, Toronto scoring another goal. And when Shifley was asked about it, he was pretty upset. You know, he had a full quote with a lot of context, but it felt like the kind of quote where, like, he acknowledged that he and Maurice may not see eye to eye, but... By the end of the day, he was just really upset that he got benched. He didn't agree with the situation. He felt like he should be playing, considering the, the nature of the stakes and the uh, ultimately the playoff spots and seeding that were at, at stake for both teams. And Shifley feels like it is his responsibility to be that first-line center, especially because that's always been the role that he's had over the past couple of years. I think, though, that the benching itself, I don't necessarily disagree with the message. I think Shifley probably has needed a little bit of a disciplinary action recently. But when I say recently, I mean over the past few seasons. I feel like doing it now just doesn't really make sense, and it definitely rubbed Mark the wrong way. I felt like doing it right before the postseason, I, I just feel like it's a huge gamble and a big risk, and it seems like the divide between the, the players and the coaching staff is only getting more pronounced. You know, Connor Hellebuck a couple of nights ago, he got pulled as well and basically said, I don't think I deserve to be pulled, I didn't like the decision, and, you know, so on and so forth. This is like the first time that I can recall Winnipeg players actively saying something about Maurice that wasn't positive. Publicly speaking, Winnipeg's players just do not ever seem to question the coaching staff. If they do, it's on like very minor points or something that's like a one-off. It's very rare. It's highly unusual to see two core members of the of the, the younger players, especially guys who are as important to this team as Shifley and Hellebuck are, very publicly calling Maurice out on his decision-making. Whether you agree or disagree with their specific assessments of their own play is kind of irrelevant. I just think it's actually stunning that somebody within the Jets organization has said something against Maurice twice in the past week or so. It says to me that there is a growing divide between the players and the coaching staff that is starting to boil over. You know, Winnipeg has historically been a very tight-lipped organization. They don't talk a lot about some of the internal strife, and when they do, it's usually like post-facto, as in when Lina got traded and Wheeler said he handled the situation poorly. Now that guys are in the middle of the season and saying that they're kind of pissed about getting benched or thinking that they don't deserve to be pulled from games, that to me is just kind of like, wow, you know, how bad is the situation on the back end? These guys just don't really talk like that very often. Hellebuck is probably the only one who I would say vocalizes his own performance levels, and usually he does occasionally have a, uh, a confidence streak in him where I, I do wonder, should he really be saying that? I don't know, but either way, you know, Hellebuck is who he is. I will say it's really shocking to see that coming from Mark Shifley. Mark just does not say a whole lot to the media, especially when it comes to the coaching staff, and for him to basically say that Maurice was mistaken in benching him, that was kind of like a bit of a wake-up call. If that's what's going on on the back end, the team might be starting to turn against the coaching staff. You know, Maurice has been around for a long time. A lot of pros love him. I think the organization itself is very fond of him. But if the players are starting to turn against his decision-making, the team might not have much of a choice except to pull the plug if the, the performance levels continue to decline and the team continues to lose games. 
If they start to really bottom out, you know, the Jets are going to have to make a serious decision at the coaching position. The last thing you want to see is this team have the coaching staff lose the room. And I think that that's, I don't know that that's exactly where this is heading, but it feels like it's moving towards that direction. And that for the Jets, that's that's game over, especially right before the playoffs. I don't even know who we would be seeing take over the role except for Pascal Vincent, which I don't really know if he'd be more than like an interim guy, but... You know, it's just a really precarious situation, and maybe Maurice is finally starting to wear out his welcome. I have certainly called into question some of his tactical decisions and lineup decisions over the past few years, but it feels like in recent times the divide between him and management and increasingly the players, all three of these fronts seem to be growing. It's about time there's been some accountability within Winnipeg for the poor performance over the past couple of seasons. The Jets can be so much better than this, and that's why I've been very harsh on them. I know that there's a team in there that's genuinely a playoff contender. They actually have to find it within themselves to push to that level and also have everyone on the same page, which right now, I don't think they are. I want this team to win as much as anyone else. I want them so badly to be cup champions, but right now they're not in that frame of mind. If they can finally find a way to to reform and get things back on track, this team has potential, but right now they're kind of in a downward swing and it's, it's seemingly getting worse. So hopefully the Jets can turn this around. Maybe they can patch things up just long enough to figure out a longer term, you know, situation and decision behind the bench. But until then, the Jets have to weather a very difficult storm, one that is frankly of their own making. I'd love to know your thoughts on this, so be sure to let me know at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Maybe I'll discuss it on future episodes. I think this is going to continue to be a storyline that the Jets kind of have to deal with because I don't think it's going to get better. And usually when that happens, somebody does lose their job eventually. For now, though, that is going to do it for tonight's episode. Before we log off, be sure to check out the Locked On Today podcast. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Burkowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite shows. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.